0: And yet, you know, but these are things that we would never want to put on Facebook anyway, because nobody wants to read it, at least on Facebook. And, you know, I'm just telling the truth. You know, now we, we, we do and we should bear one another's burdens. But we don't do that nearly enough, and it's not because there's not enough people willing to bear our, each other's burdens. It's because there's not enough of us willing to have our burdens borne for a season. Willing to be carried, bro, because we want everybody to think that we've got it all together, that everything is right in our life, that we've got all our ducks in a row. When inwardly, we're just like King Jehoram, where we're in sackcloth inwardly upon our flesh, and we're not advancing in Christ. Meet Lee McMillan, and you may know her or at least have heard of her 61,000 followers on Instagram was known as a social influencer. She led a blog about a van life. and if you don't know what van life is, it's especially during the pandemic, it became more popular people that, that's, that you know like decorate these little vans into these cute little homes. And they travel all over the place and, and they just and it's, you know it's a great life. so many of them work. Uh, They work from from their home or from their van. They've got the internet access. They'll log on and work for seven or eight hours. And then they'll just go to the next spot. And they just travel over the place. They're called van bloggers. And this was her. She was 28 years old. And she had the world by the tail. Or so we thought until we read about her suicide. There's another one, Caitlin Lone, an Australian farmer and rising TikTok celebrity. She was leading her family's 600-acre farm and was among the internet's favorite young animal lover. She had over 50,000 followers also committed suicide. And we could go on and on and on, talk about social media influencers and people, you know, that outwardly had everything together. It looked like everything was all good from the public's standpoint. And the world is filled with millions of people whose stories are just like that. They're functionally broken until they can't function anymore and they break permanently. And this is where our world is at. It's at a breaking point. You rarely meet anybody that is not functionally broken. And you need stop and think that, that nearly everybody that you encounter on a day-to-day basis that's not actively serving God, and about half the people who are serving the Lord are functionally broken on some level. And you don't know their story because they're not going to open up and just tell you if you've only known them for five minutes. But if you get to know them long enough, and if you drill deep long enough, you will find out that there is a lot of brokenness that has entered their life. And they need Jesus on a desperate level. Wounds and hurts tend to get piled on us in single layers. We carry them around deep within our spirit. And they impact our vision and how we see the world and even the church. And especially, especially how we see God. You know, we know that God is our father. But, you know, my father wasn't really much of a father. He was probably the best dad. I know he was the best dad that he could be, that he knew to be, but he was never around at all. You know, growing up, we were, I'm not going to tell you my sad, soppy story. But my father was there. So when I got, when I went to church and people said, God is your father. I'm like, oh, okay, so he abandons us. And that that, that was my association with God is our father but when I say God is my father it took me years to really learn what that really meant and what that really was and so whenever I say people are functionally broken they come into church and they might get the Holy Ghost but they're not all good yet now they're all saved but they're not all good yet there is a process called discipleship that we have to that we have to get them involved and in. that's Bible studies it's discipleship groups it's small groups it's coming on Wednesday nights And all of these things have to do with discipleship. But how does a person reach a point at which they cannot function anymore? And here it is. I'm telling you right now, it's because things get laid upon us in layers. Look with me to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4. The Bible says, Now the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. The subtlety of the devil had Eve convinced that God was keeping something good from her. And as such convinced her that God was really not good at all. And the devil that day stood between Eve and God's perfect love. And Adam and Eve fell. And as a result, the whole man, whole, all of humankind fell. And let me tell you, your wounds can have the ability to give the enemy a platform to keep you away from the greatest treasure that you possess. And that is the perfect love of God. Because we look back and we see these things that happen to us, and often the argument is, if God is a good God and he's also all-powerful, how could these things have happened to me? Why did he not keep these things from me? But the reality is that we live in a fallen world, and those things are going to happen to people, but there is a God who can help us and heal us and make us whole again. And I believe that Jesus died for every scar you carry, and he has healing power today. But the enemy puts things on us in layers. I need a volunteer. Thank you, Lane. Come on up. (laughs) I did forewarn him. Turn around and face the audience. He's going to help me preach a little bit. He's like, Daddy, you can do whatever you want. Just don't mess with the do. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. I said that. The enemy puts things on us in layers. Stand right here in front of me. Now, some layers are not that big a deal. Now, right, right now, this is Lane. He can lift his hands. He can worship the lift your hands. Say, woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay. He's like, you better buy me something really good after this. But a fence comes, and we put on the first layer. Make you wear the hood. Now the first, and it's no big deal. He can still lift his hands. Lift your hands. But if he were to zip it up, zip it up. <laughs> it would be a little bit restrictive. The zipper gets stuck on. This is a cheap old navy jacket, so it's not. It's not his fault. There you go. Now lift your hands, and and you can still do it. But it's a little bit more restrictive to. To serve God with a single layer of offense on you. But then something else happens. And there comes another layer. And we put that on. And we wear it like a garment. You don't have to zip that up unless you want to. And now lifting is to lift your hands again. And you can still do it, but his arms are a little bit heavy. And it's restrictive. And especially when another layer comes on. And we wear this. It's going to get really hot in here for Lane. (laughs) Now lift your hands. Is it harder? Yes. And you know what? Here's the thing. People that have layers of offense can't go very far with God. And I'm not condemning. I'm just trying to help. There is no way he could lift his hands very long wearing these three layers of offense. But then more things happen to us. I've only got seven more. No, I'm kidding. More things happen to us. Something a little bit bigger happens. And you know what? Here's the thing. If he's not wearing all this... He can handle this. The reason why a lot of people have issues with things in the church that are not really that big of a deal is not this layer, it's this layer, and this layer, and this layer, and this layer, and this layer. And And so small things become very large things. And become things at which they quit the church. Well, the pastor said this, or 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 Pastor Foster did this, or Pastor Chad said this, or Jackie did this, or Tanya did this. And we're you know they talk about all these little nitpicky things that all of us wouldn't be a big deal, but to them it's a very big deal because they've got layers of offenses. And then the last layer of offense. He's being a great sport, isn't he? (laughs) He's like. (laughs) Now lift your hands. How far? How long can you lift your hands like that? Not very far. (laughs) Not very long. You can put them down. (laughs) And he's got all these layers of offense. And people wonder why they don't have joy anymore. Why don't I have joy? Why don't I feel the joy of the Lord living in my spirit? Why don't I feel the, praise and God using me? Well, gee, I wonder why. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to lift your hands as best as you can. When the altar comes and you've got to take off that offense one layer at a time. And as you go to the altar and as you begin to take off these layers of offenses, here's what happens. You take off the first layer. And you know what, living for God will seem like it's a little bit easier. Actually, he took off two layers. That's the way it happens sometimes. Sometimes God just says, I'm going to take off a bunch all at one time. But you don't stop there. You take off more layers. And one more layer allows you to live for God a little bit better and now you're starting to feel joy come back in your spirit and then a Wednesday night comes along and you know most other people you know seems like they didn't get much but you went to the altar and you got a touch from God and now all that's left is one more layer and a Sunday comes and Sister Jackie and the worship team worships and you lift your hands right now and you begin to worship God and the layer falls off and that's how deliverance happens. One layer at a time. One layer at a time. Thank you, Thank you, Tanya, for helping me with that. I hope you never forget that. Yeah, where do you put them? You know, the Bible says he puts them in a place as far as the east is from the west. But here's, but here's the thing about Layers. God isn't going to do it all by himself. You have to do part of the work on your own. Because when you come to the altar, if you want God to take something away, you just can't say, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, we say, take this. Here, here's another illustration. Take this. Take it. Take it. (laughs) Take it. And you know what? He's not going to get it until I release it. Now take it. I didn't drink from that, by the way. And that's how it works with God. Now, how do you release it? You say these words. You say, I forgive. Now, if you don't say those words, then you're still holding on to it. But I've got anger. You know, here's the thing about forgiveness. You you forgiving them doesn't... Doesn't negate what happened. Neither does it let judgment of God pass over them. It just means I'm not gonna decide what that judgment is. If God wants to show them mercy, then let Him show them mercy. If God wants to take them out by the woodshed and and you know take a switch to their back outside, then let God do that. But if God does that, He's probably not gonna tell you about it. Because then you'll be saying, boy, get him, God. <laughs> and then he'll take you out to the woodshed. <laughs> A single layer of anything small is hardly noticeable. But as more layers get piled onto us, we rarely stop and realize what's happening to us. The enemy will put things on you in layers. Philippians chapter 1 says this, Paul said, And and, and this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Now, this this word offense from the Greek means, well, it's aproskopos. And it means to not be led into sin. And is a derivative of another Greek word, which means, or where the root is, to trip up, to beat upon, and to stumble. And so the idea of this word offense, and what Paul is saying when he said, I want you to be without offense. He means, I don't want the devil to put anything on you that is going to lead you away from the path of righteousness And as a result, cause you to stumble and fall in your walk with God. Because offenses are an opportunity from the enemy to put something on you that is going to lead you eventually into some sin. Where does adultery start? With an offense in the marriage. Many times. It's a seed the enemy plants that hinders your development in Christ and prevents the nature of Christ from being formed inside of you. And so this is why Paul said, offenses are going to happen, but I pray that you'll be without offense, meaning you've got to take those layers off as soon as the enemy puts them on you. And if the devil can keep you weak and immature in Christ, you're an easy target for falling into sin. So this is one of the reasons why he prays that we would be without offense. Verse 11 says this, so that you can be filled with the fruits of righteousness, in other words, if I've got offense, I don't have those fruits. Now, I, I believe that those fruits of righteousness are is the same thing as, as Paul talked about in another, in another book, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. I believe that's really what he's referencing. That is the fruit that the fruits that righteousness naturally produces in our life, or the fruit of the Spirit. And that is love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, long-suffering, temperance, goodness, faith. All of those nine things. And you know what? Here's the thing. When I began to produce those fruits of the Spirit, they feel good in my heart. There is nothing that feels more pure than the love of God shining in your heart. There, and and that's, that's, that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy. There is nothing that is more pure in my heart than when I feel true joy in my spirit. And so, so it has two functions. It's to make me feel good, but it's also so that I can be a shining light to others. But when I'm wearing a it hinders that fruit, which is the nature of Christ, from being formed in us. And this is why people stay immature babies in Christ. And this is why many people are led into sin. And this is why many people refuse to come back to the house of God. Just as offenses have fruits, so do fruits. Just as righteousness has fruits, so do offenses. But you may say, well... It's just the little thing. It's just one little offense. I just got this little bitty grudge. Here's the thing about that. Two rats in an ideal environment can turn into 482 million rats over a period of just three years. Two rats in an ideal environment. Now, two little rats might look real cute and cuddly. You might want to keep them as a pet. It's just, but you know what? If you keep those two rats around, they're going to turn into the bubonic plague. Which was caused by rats, by the way, as you probably know, or at least the fleas on rats. Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 15 says this, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. He said, it's the little things that spoil our vines. It's the little things, the little offenses that happen to us on a day-by-day basis, in just in the process of living and rubbing shoulders with people in the church who are also not perfect, by the way, and living in a fallen world, and offenses are going to happen, even Jesus said, offenses will happen. You're going to be offended. but as soon as you get offended, you better take it off because I hope you remember those mean, that mean with those two rats. Over 400 million rats can come from two simple, small rats, and they spoil your vines. So I ask you today, what are the things that are spoiling your vines, cause you to not bear the proper fruit of the Spirit? There are big things that people carry around, and there are a ton of small things. And more often than enough, it's the little things we carry around that get the heaviest, Over time, layer upon layer of offense and woundings. This is why Paul said this in Ephesians 4. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now watch what he says here. Neither give place to the devil. It's okay to get angry. Because, I mean, you're going to get angry. Even Jesus got angry. But he said get angry and sin not. How do you sin? You sin with your big fat mouth. (laughs) When you get angry, you pop off at the mouth. If if they popped you one, you're going to pop them one back. And now you've sinned. And not only that, but you've given a place to the devil. It's like literally how many of us would go to bed at nighttime and not only unlock our door, but leave our doors wide open. Why don't we open up the windows real good? Let's unlock the windows and, and throw the windows out. I know it's 20 degrees outside, but you know, we want those thieves to break in and have that opportunity to. We don't want to discriminate against the thieves. <laughs> That's the logic of our world today, by the way. <laughs> Crazy logic. But, but, but this is exactly what Paul said, is when you hold on to things and you hold on to them for so long... You're you're literally allowing the devil to come into your life, to come in and flood your mind with all these negative thoughts. And you wonder why you have low self-esteem. You have low self-esteem because you've had the devil at your table for so long and you're listening to the wrong person. Instead of listening to him, start shutting the door and saying, thus says the word of God, I know who I am in Christ. Because I can only hold on to something for so long. Let me ask you, how how heavy is this bottle of water? Anybody know? Sorry, how much? Eight ounces? It's actually 296 milliliters, which is 10 ounces. But here's the thing. The weight doesn't matter if I'm holding it out like this. Now, there's people here that are a lot stronger than me, and you can hold it out for a lot of My arm's already getting tired. <laughs> it's just a bottle of water. I mean, anybody in this place could easily lift this bottle of water, but could you hold it out for two hours? I mean, that would remind you of the old days of seeking for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> lift your hands, lift your hands, and your arms get tired, and somebody comes and pushes them up. <laughs> So the weight doesn't matter if I'm holding on to it, if I'm carrying it. You know, it makes me stronger. No, it makes you stupid. <laughs> because here's the thing put it down. Yeah. Offenses do not make you stronger. Yeah. Offenses hinder your walk with God. That's worldly thinking. Oh, the things that happen to me. Yeah, they make you stronger by the world's definition. But Paul said, in my weakness is where I am strong. It's when I realize I can't do this. I can't carry this anymore. So I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to go to some people. And I'm going to apologize if I did anything wrong. But I'm going to tell them I forgive you for what I did. Or I'm going to forgive you for what you did. I'm never going to bring it up again. I'm going to tell God. I'm going to lay it down. And I'm never going to start this again. I'm never going to think about it. I'm never going to allow it to enter my mind. I'm going to fill my mind with God's word every time it comes into my mind. And you know what? Layer by layer by layer, you'll start taking things off until one day you wake up and you realize, I've got more joy than I've ever had before. I've got more power than I've ever had before. I can do more for the kingdom of God than I've ever had before. And things don't bother me as much. Amen. From Leviticus chapter 21. I'm almost done here. And verse 17, speaking to Aaron saying, whosoever he be of thy seed and their generations, that hath any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whatsoever man he be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach a blind man or lame or he that hath a flat nose or anything superfluous. These are, this is the list of people that were, that were sons of Aaron and as such qualified for the priesthood but were not allowed to minister because of their physical blemishes. He says, or a man that hath a broken foot or a broken hand or a crooked back or a dwarf, or he hath a blemish in his eye or a scurvy, watch what he says now, or scabbed. Now I know you know what a scab is. A scab is something you pick off. And if you pick that scab off long enough, you know what? It forms a scar. I've got one. You can barely see it happen about 35 years ago. It was after it was after I was, was right here in my hand. Again, you can't see it very well, but but it's it's there in a certain light. And we were. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you what I was doing or not. <laughs> it was after, uh well, okay, so I gotta give a little background <laughs> in my defense. <laughs> Since we're talking about being honest and open-hearted, right? So I used to go to New Life Christian School years ago, and, and after school I would get bored because my my mom wasn't able to come pick me up until like five thirty. The school let out like at two thirty or something, and and so we would we would have these wrestling matches, and uh, and we would you know we would just wrestle. Sometimes there were tag teams. I remember one time we were wrestling. Sister Adams, bless her heart, she was the cook. We were just wrestling, and somebody got thrown to the ground. I said, oh, there went the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh Lord, we were just being boys, and and uh, and Sister Mueller, who was the the president of the the school, would come out and and she would break it up. But then we would just go somewhere else and do it. <laughs> see, see 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 why I tell you. I don't know if I should tell you this or not. <laughs> but I got this scar here from a carpet burn from wrestling, and uh, I just scraped my hand against it, you know, really hard against the carpet, and uh, and and so I just kept picking that scab off because. Because it was there. (laughs) So boys do. And I got a scar. And you know what? If you are a son of Aaron and you have a scab, you're not qualified for ministry until that scab heals. So you've got to let it alone. And you've got to let the natural process of your body heal that scab. Because as long as you have that scab, you are kept out of the presence of God. So remember, ministry by the priesthood, was, covered a lot of things. It covered it covered music. One of the things it covered was music. It covered the offering of the sacrifices, but it also covered the, the priests who could physically go into the tent and offer the presence of God, an offer to God, a, a sacrifice, whether it was the high priest or somebody that was under the high priest. They could not do that on the day of atonement if they had any of these blemishes. So the high priest would devote themselves seven days prior to to being inside that tent and living there so they wouldn't get any of that was one of the reasons so they wouldn't get any of these things and touch anything that was unclean and thereby disqualified from doing that and the whole camp would suffer. And let me tell you, when you lay your ministry down, the kingdom of God suffers in some way because there is a ministry that God has for you that only you can do in the way that you can do it. And he's given you that ministry and uh, you may not be called to preach but you are called to do something because God does not waste any resources in his kingdom. And so, small wounds develop into scabs. When they don't heal, because you keep picking them off, some people just decide to live with it. And the final thing an offended or wounded spirit does, perhaps the most detrimental of all, is that it keeps you from seeing Jesus in all of his grace, love, and glory. Why? <clears throat> because... You're staring at it too long, and as such, it sidetracks you. It is for this reason that Paul wrote in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, as we stand. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say "Every every weight. We could say every layer. And that sin that easily besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Then watch what he says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you're looking to me, if you're looking to pastor, if you're looking to somebody else, you're looking at the wrong people because we are not perfect. But there is a Savior who died for you and is going to enable you and help you. He's the succorer in our, and in, in our helper in time of need. A Sikora means somebody who lifts burdens and somebody who helps you take off those layers. But you've got to come to the altar today and you've got to lift your hands and you've got to say, Lord, I don't want anything to stand in my way of seeing you. And you know what, maybe a couple layers come off today and you might, you might find, oh, I've, got, I've still got some more work to do. You keep taking off those layers. You keep giving it to God over and over. Brother Tony Bailey says, you know, you know who, who has a masterful teaching on forgiveness, he says that forgiveness is like peeling off the layers of an onion. And, and they come off one layer at a time and that's how emotional healing happens that's how, that's how healing happens in your spirit and as you take off those layers and give them back to God you'll see that you've got more joy and more hope and more peace than you've ever had in your life and you'll see that God will begin to use you lift your hands today come unto me all you that are weary all you that are labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest Jesus said God is calling somebody to lay down your yoke today. Maybe you need to just say, Lord, I forgive them for what they did. And just lay it all down and let Jesus begin to apply the healing salve. There is a bomb in Gilead today. There is healing for God's people. I just want to open up these altars. Would you come today and would you just find a place to talk to God? Let God talk to your heart today. Thank you, Jesus.